0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, holy cow, a new Nintendo Direct! It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers and I'm joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you on this glorious Nintendo Direct day?
1: I'm doing so good. A surprise Nintendo Direct? Like, uh, I have never been so happy to be so incredibly dead wrong. Like, uh, when (laughs) when we recorded our episode on Monday, I was like, I mean, I've been talking for weeks. I've been like, Nintendo Directs are dead. We're never seeing a new Nintendo Direct. The next time we're going to hear about anything new is like after new Pokemon Snap comes out. And then Nintendo saw that and laughed. And, yeah, that, that's right. and like that Tuesday morning was like, guess what? We're having a big Nintendo Direct and it's happening on Wednesday. And I, personally, I couldn't be more happy.
0: Um, and I know that you are—you were very surprised that, that it happened. Uh, I will also claim to be surprised, even though I said I think both on the show and in conversation with you off mic um, that now that Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury is out and in the wild, that it is time for Nintendo Nailed to it. tell us what they're going to do with the rest of their year. And I believe that we have gotten that now. Also, uh, way more 2022 stuff than I was expecting. Way I was more. Totally surprised. Well,
1: also, and like we did get. Some stuff for this year, but definitely like anything that's coming after summer is still a total mystery. Oh, yeah, so still lots of fun mystery. surprises uh still remain for the year. Which is such <gasps> Mark, a fun feels like like, we're, place to be it, in.
0: It feels like we're doing the show backwards. Let's, okay, let's you're, right, you're right. The you're, house right you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. All right. My copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? We don't have. We don't have a lot of time. This is a big director. It was 15 minutes. We're going to talk about it for like an hour. My copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, would you like to borrow it? You can try. you got to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail.com. And give us a mailing address so we can send this thing to you. You play it for as long as you want. Uh-oh, there might be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. You have no control over that. I have no control over that. I do have some control over that. But I will not be swayed by your pleas for one game over the other. Um, here's a game that you can just get. Mark, you want to you wanna, you wanna set them up here?
1: Yeah, so we're giving away a copy of Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, you, the code is only redeemable on the U.S. Switch eShop. But in order to get this code, all you have to do is email us and in at s- Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. The subject line should be Sharp FE. That's like the pound sign FE. And then in the body of the email... Just include who your Mirage would be. It can be a Nintendo character. It can be not a Nintendo character. And a Mirage is just somebody who basically like your avatar in battle. Somebody who imbues you with power. Um, Send that to us by March 15th. And uh, all the entries, we
0: will be randomly selecting one of the entries um, in order to get the code. And uh, a couple of you have already written in. Thank you so much for doing so and for telling us who your mirages will be. Um, the I'm not going to say that the better, because the, I don't think that's the case. I don't think we're going to select based on who gives us the best mirage or the best uh, like reasoning for their mirage. Uh, but keep that up anyway, because I, I like reading a good argument for why someone would be your mirage. Totally. Uh, and also, thank you for using the sharp F-E uh, in the subject line. Makes it easy to sort. We appreciate it. Um, so, as discussed, we are going to be talking about the Nintendo Direct that uh, happened uh, on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, we had originally said that we were going to be discussing and, like, reevaluating our Nintendo Switch backlogs. Um, uh, and... This has partly uh, come about because we got an email from uh, listener Colton, who uh, heard me bemoaning the fact that I was in a gaming rut uh, and sent an email with some suggestions and sort of like motivation to, like, here's here's how we can get out of here's how you can get out of your rut. Uh, Colton, I love the email. We will address it next week when we are talking about our Switch backlogs. But Mark, in the meantime, let's talk about our front logs. (laughs) Oh, I hated that. Mark, 50 full minutes. They did not lie. Um, we got uh, nearly an hour of uh, new Nintendo stuff um, hosted by Shinya Takahashi. Um, you wrote out his entire title here. Um, is that
1: really his title? So it's, it's, he has multiple titles. He, he wears right. multiple hats at Nintendo. So yeah, he's like on the board of directors. He's the general manager of entertainment planning and development division. Uh, but I can't remember. I guess... Has he been the face of a Nintendo Direct before? It's been so long. It's been September 2019 right. since we had, like, a uh, full Nintendo Direct. So I genuinely can't remember.
0: I think he has been one of the faces, like, uh, if, if not, like, the host of a Direct, um, has been, like, one of the faces that pops up in, like, you know, the Switch showcase or, yeah. you know, whatever. Where, like, they're really sharing time between their various personalities. Um uh, and you know, I, I I can't say that the I, I did not find his hosting to be additive in any way. Um, every now and then someone does where you're like, I like that. I like to see Reggie. Um, or like uh, it was always awesome to see like Iwata-san or like Bill Trinan is also like great to see too. Um, uh, and you know we get um we get uh, Aonuma. Aonuma later in in the video, which is uh a- awesome to see. Um, I do like that right at the beginning. Uh, Takahashi uh, acknowledges that they haven't been able to do one of these Directs uh, like this in a very long time. Over 530 days since the last uh, Nintendo Direct. Full fat Nintendo Direct. Outrageous. It's it's wild. It's wild. One thing that was, I mean, it was super fun to me that
1: this one came by surprise. I feel like in the past, you know, we've had like rumors for weeks that like something was pending and then um, when a Nintendo Direct came, like it was I felt like it was easier to be disappointed because you had weeks and weeks of like hype. So I, yeah. I don't know how you felt about this one, Patrick, but I really genuinely came into this with like zero expectations because I yeah. had no expectation that we were going to see the sequel to Breath of the Wild. I had no expectation that we were going to see Metroid Prime 4. Like I had no expectation pretty much at all. And so I really enjoyed this direct, like I thought some of the announcements were super fun. Like, there were a ton of games that I'm at least, like, interested in or interested in learning more about. Yep. Um, but is that... How, how did you feel about it? Because I know some people, no, you know, like, yeah. it didn't have the megaton they were looking for.
0: Right. Which is still, like, kind of ridiculous, because, like, there are some, like, genuine megaton announcements in here. It, it, even, like, yeah, are you going to call Splatoon 3 not a megaton announcement? Like, that's huge. Um. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm right there with you where uh, I really enjoyed this Direct. Um, it, it was just awesome to uh, see one that felt like a Nintendo Direct, where it's like, oh, yeah, some of these trailers are too long. Some of these are for older games. Some of these are for games I'm never going to play. Um, but there's, there's so much stuff that I am interested in here and so many games that, where, like, you do not see coming. You know, like, where we'll talk about Famicom Detective Club uh, when we get to it in the lineup. But stuff where you like you don't even know to like have that on your radar as like a piece of Nintendo history that they can resurface. Um and like, you know, for, for all the like, oh uh, but like F Zero still doesn't exist and like we're not getting Metroid and you know, whatever. Um, like there's just so much Nintendo, right? Um and like we're getting it. They're they're giving us they're giving us a, a form of Nintendo and it rules.
1: Yeah, and I also thought like um in addition to some first party announcements that I'm excited about. I also thought there was, like, a lot of third-party stuff that I don't even know that, or, like, indie games that I don't even know that I'll necessarily end up playing them. But I loved how much, like, it just felt like there was a lot of breadth, where it was, like, this totally. truly felt like a Nintendo Direct, where there was kind of something for, like, any type of gamer.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess let's start at the top, um, and at sort of the most, uh, you know, it's, 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 a com- it's become a common part of the, like, Nintendo hype cycle the uh, next downloadable character for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is uh, P- uh, Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, I know that uh, either, I, either Pyra or Rex has been like a, a sort of like common rallying cry for the Xenoblade fan base uh, wanting to have some sort of Xenoblade 2 um, representation in Smash. Uh, this one doesn't really do anything for me, but I'm also like, I'm kind of to the point where Smash Brothers new character announcements. uh, I don't think there is a thing that could surprise me or a thing that can get me excited anymore. Right? Like it's all sort of just like a wash of uh, impossibly high standards. You know what I mean? Like I'm. I I I think it's cool. There's another character. I will uh, accept her when when she shows up.
1: Yeah. The thing I. Yeah. I feel the same way. We're like. I kind of feel like there's no. I think there are characters for sure that could surprise me, but I couldn't name them. Like, it just right. feels like there are so many characters in Smash already. Um, One thing I really... So, you mentioned that, you know, people have been kind of, like, hoping for or talking about, like, Rex yeah. being in the game. And I liked how, you know, these Smash intro videos have gotten a little cheeky. And I liked how they, like, had a nod to that in it where Pyra basically just, like, calls it out where it's like, I feel bad telling you, but I got an invitation to be in Smash.
0: Yeah, and he's like, I thought I was going to be in <laughs> yeah. Smash.
1: Um, but the other thing that I thought was, like xenoblade chronicles 2 is not a game that i've played um but the w- what i thought was interesting about this character and what i think is cool to see return to smash is this like uh idea of like the like chic slash zelda thing that yeah. um you know has gone away but now we have like another character who has that same sort of like um transformation and i think that's really cool to be bring back into the game
0: Yeah, i agree um gramps is coming as the uh the stage Gramps is like a, a, an elder dragon thing that you like fly around on the back of. Um, I played a little bit of Xenoblade Chronicles too, but I do not remember. I remember meeting Gramps and then leaving him. And it was like, Oh, I had to leave my old dragon friend. This is terrible. (laughs) Um, but he'll be in this game. So that, that's, that's great. Um, Rex joins, uh, Pyra for the final smash. Um, and the character comes out in March. So they will detail that, you know, uh, I'm sure with, uh, hour-long video um uh just going going through the character's abilities at some point
1: up next was fall guys ultimate knockout which uh releases this summer i i don't really have much to say about this it's interesting to see fall guys come to switch but uh other than that it's that's that's pretty much it did
0: you play any fall guys uh on playstation no i didn't um it's good it's good and it's fun and it's just like a big messy party game that you have to play by yourself like there's no um local uh co-op or competitive play um but it's it's a, a game where you're controlling just like a weird little bean with arms and legs um and you're running through obstacle courses with like 60 other people or like 100 I guess maybe it starts with 100 who knows um and uh you just go through these obstacle courses until everyone is eliminated um and it's sort of the most Like fun frivolous uh, form of a, um, what are those games called? Where there's uh, battle royale. Battle royale, yes. Um, Like it, it feels like a a Fortnite by way of uh, you know double dare. Yeah, it just looks really silly. Like
1: uh, I'm excited to try it when it it comes out on Switch this summer, and so um, I'm I'm looking forward to giving it a shot, but I haven't played it
0: yet. Uh, and, And provided that you know whatever servers they're using for online um can you know don't don't boot you that was even a little bit of a, a problem on the playstation version of like keeping a, a solid enough connection to play all the way through the like four or five rounds um to to finish one of these things but it's super fun uh, hopefully they have it at either um a uh, low price point or i mean i guess that's that's it that's really all we can hope for is a low price point it was free on playstation plus when it came out um and i th- yeah so like you know, it, 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 has to, it has to be somewhere reasonable so that, like, everyone can just jump in and, and play. Um, it is definitely a good way to just, like, waste a, a couple hours. Next was The Outer Wilds, um, which uh, I, I have to say the, uh, the trailer that they played for this um, with, like, a, a running voiceover, like, sort of explaining what was happening is the best description I've ever seen for this game. Um, it, it, it came out maybe, like, two years ago, 2019, I believe. Um, and it is a, a game about exploring the galaxy, but the, uh, the solar system or the entire universe or whatever is destroyed by an exploding star every 22 minutes. And you can, like, go back in time and, like, uh, re-experience those, those last 22 minutes. Um, and this made it look, like, haunting and cool and, like, yeah, this is a game that I missed out on when it came to other platforms. I am interested in picking it up this summer.
1: Yeah, totally. I always had this game confused with The Outer Worlds. Which of is course. also a game Mark, set in outer space, you where you're like exploring other worlds. Other, you know, otherwise the uh, games are not similar at all. But it is definitely uh, a game that I was like, "Is this the Outer Worlds? Is this the game I played?" No, it's the Outer Wilds. Apparently, there were some people upset online because they felt like the trailer was like spoilery. But this is a situation that, for me personally, like I needed the spoils to understand what was going on, like why I should be interested in this game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it was was what I just said, uh, a spoiler that like you 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 repeat the time. I have no idea. Minutes. I have no idea. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. to, to me that that sounds like the hook. That's like going <laughs> right. into Russian Doll and not knowing what it's about, right? Yeah. Which exactly. I guess I won't say cuz maybe some people are a spoiler averse. <laughs> and if you're coming here, you're not expecting a spoiler about Russian Doll. But still, like uh yeah, I think let's understand the basic premise of the game uh before we uh try to sell it. But it does look very
1: cool. It reminded me like of I mean, when I heard the premise, like 22 minutes, I was like, oh, it's like somebody really likes Majora's Mask and was like, I'm going to make a cool (laughs) haunting (laughs) indie game based on that.
0: Yeah, Outer Space Majora's Mask.
1: Up next was Famicom Detective Club, uh, two games in the Famicom Detective Club series. First one is called The Missing Air, and the second is The Girl Who Stands Behind. So these are two, like, deep cut murder mystery uh, point-and-click like adventure games from the Famicom era in Japan so that's like the Nintendo Entertainment System era and these games have never been localized before they've never been in a language that wasn't Japanese and I never expected them to be and so
0: this was yeah. like a really cool surprise like th- these are games that I am excited to play. And they are not like being represented here or localized in the you know Fire Emblem and the Binding Blade. What it would something Dragon in the Binding Blade. The game is is too too long of a name. This is like remade. Um, There's uh, appears to be uh, voice acting and like fully animated uh, cutscenes and stuff. Looks really cool and pretty slick. Um, I'm I'm excited to uh, try one or both of these games um when they release them um, mark it looks like you did a little bit of uh, uh extra credit research about uh the the price point of these things that's right so they're going to be they're 35 dollars each but if you
1: buy one then you get a 10 dollar discount on the second one so basically you get both for 60 bucks i think what i'm probably going to do is just buy one because i don't know like if i'm going to want to play two of these back to back so i'm probably just going to buy one and then eventually if i end up wanting to buy the second one then i'll like get the ten dollar discount but um but yeah if you want to pick up both at 60 bucks they're coming out on may 14th
0: yeah and this is you know exactly what i was referring to before when i was like here's a piece of nintendo history a uh, a thing that they can revive that like is you know for all intents and purposes off of all of our radars right um so yeah just it's it, it's cool to uh, to have this back and i'm really looking forward to checking it out the next up, uh, and we don't have—I don't think—have much to say about uh, Samurai Warriors Five. Um, that's a, a new uh, Musou game um, that is coming to the Switch. Uh, comes out this summer. Uh, I wonder if that's just like part of the, um, like, oh yes, you make a Hyrule Warriors game, and so we will now like sort of put these uh, these other Dynasty Warrior-style games uh, like front and center in in our direct because um, I feel like normally those those would just quietly release on platforms forever, right?
1: Yeah, they make a point of saying that this one has like a revamped like graphical style and stuff, and yeah. so I am I have nothing to back this up, but I'm curious if they are making it like more Switch focused in development. But yeah, that's interesting. Uh, next was Legend of Mana remake from Square Enix. So, this is a remake of a PlayStation 1 game that comes out on June 24th, and it looks very much in the style of the previously announced uh, Saga Frontier remastered that is coming later this year, that comes out in April, um, where I feel like, I don't know what it is about this, maybe it's the graphical style of, like, the games themselves in their original PS1 form, but I feel like these, like, remasters, like, they look fun, they look good, like, I feel like some yeah. of, some of like the Square Enix remasters I'm not all that like interested in because I feel like they look a little bit ugly. But I feel like these retain the charm of like the PlayStation One graphics without looking like too high definition. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Well, and the Legend of Mana, um, like the the graphics in that original game seem to be uh you know sticking pretty close to the original aesthetic of um Secret of Mana uh, and the second Setsu games on the Super NES. So like it seems pretty similar to what like you know a an indie game trying to emulate the uh Super NES would look like now um and so yeah the it 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 seems right up my alley um you know a role playing game where they're like building elements uh know, I mean, it it seems really cool it's coming out oh yeah out. yeah
1: no, oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, this one, like, I've never played Legend of Mana before uh, yeah, on the PlayStation either. One, but yeah, like the way they ex- they explained it in the direct, it seemed wild. Where it's like, oh, you get out into the world and it's an empty map, and you're like placing items onto the map, and where you place them has like an effect on the story or like forward progress in the game. It, uh, yeah, that system doesn't make any sense to me, but I that that's what's kind of cool Seems about cool, it. Though. I've never Seems seen anything cool. like that before. <laughs>
0: Um, and also, this is not the last time that we, by a long shot, that we're going to be talking about a Square Enix game um, coming to Switch. Uh, next up is Monster Hunter Rise, which we already know about. We've seen a bunch of already. Um, they had a, a pretty lengthy trailer that showed off just a, a bunch of different monsters and kind of teased some, like, story stuff. Um, again, I don't think either of us are really plugged in enough to Monster Hunter lore to or even Monster Hunter games to know, like, how different that is. Um, From other Monster Hunter games. Um, But there you have it. It comes out uh, real soon, March 26th. And they showed off the collector's edition or the special edition Switch, which has like graphics on the dock and, um, you know, it's a special edition for Monster Hunter. And a special edition Pro controller, which again just has like Monster Hunter, uh, like glyphs and runes and stuff all over it. Some of the monsters they showed, like that, like weird, like that, like spider one
1: at the beginning of the trailer that one
0: was too scary
1: they were yeah they're like cool i i wish i could get into monster hunter it's like a series that's always been like a little beyond my grasp Yeah, and, totally. um but like i feel like maybe it exists but like i feel like an anime in this world i would totally eat up like those little like cat type creatures that are like bacon stuff like i love all palicos. of them. palicos palicos i love it yeah like all that
0: stuff it's like it's right up my alley but uh the games have always been a little too like fiddly yeah, I mean, one of the things that you can see in the trailer for Monster Hunter Rise um, is they show a fair amount of gameplay where, like, you can just tell those attack animations are too long. It takes too <laughs> long to swing a sword. I can't get into it.
1: Up next was uh, a reveal of a new Mario game. You have Mario Golf Super Rush.
0: Mario Golf. It's crazy. It's here.
1: So it's is developed to allow for button controls or motion controls. You can play like uh, using your Joy-Con little uh, Wii Sports style. Has a couple of different like multiplayer modes, including one that they spent time talking about called Speed Golf, where basically you all tee off at the same time, and then you have to run as fast as possible to the ball, and there are like different like power-ups and different swings that you can get to try to get an advantage. This looks like super fun. Like this seems like it could be yeah. like, a uh, really chaotic multiplayer fun.
0: Fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's uh the the as soon as they showed off, like, e- even if you're not like trying to get there faster than uh your your opponents, the fact that you can just like run through the golf course seems awesome. <clears throat> seems awesome. It seems so good. Um, it, it takes that like one of the things that always bugs me about video game golf is that like you hit the ball, the ball kind of settles, and then you teleport to the ball, um. And that's all. That's just such like a bummer. You lose any sense of like space. And the only good thing about golfing, as far as I can tell, is being on a golf course, right? <laughs> Why do you want to take that away?
1: Then also, the game will include a story mode where uh, you have a me character. Which first of all, like the fact that me's were being highlighted in this way, I was like, what? And that was only the uh, appetizer to like the big what that came totally. later. Um and it has, like, the RPG elements that we were talking about a little bit uh, in our ABCs of Nintendo Sports not that long ago. Um, we saw the, re- like, I guess in Mario Tennis Aces, there was, like, a story mode. But previously, just the handheld versions of these games had had this kind of, like, story mode with RPG, ele- RPG elements where you can choose where to allocate points. Like, if you want accuracy or, yeah. like, power and that kind of stuff. Um, so, basically... You level up with experience points and increase stats as you like. Uh, it'll be interesting, again, to see how this is. Like, is it a story mode in the vein of Mario Tennis Aces, or is there a little bit more to it? But we don't have to wait that long to find out. It comes out on June 25th.
0: Um, so the, very similar to the, uh, or at least in, in some regards, to the story mode in uh, Mario Golf on the 3DS, which I was playing a couple weeks ago in that you have to play it as your me which like i guess but like if i'm playing mario golf do i not want to be mario
1: <laughs> but i guess that's what the uh, um that's what the other modes are for right like in i guess <laughs> like in speed golf you can play you can play as yeah. your me but you can also play as an assortment of mario characters but your me is
0: going to have all of your like leveled up stuff and like. That's true,
1: but we don't know if that carries over to pa- to speed point. golf.
0: Like speed golf might just be its own thing. Um, next up we got uh Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, naturally it's going to be all five episodes. Uh, we talked about this game uh, getting a um rating from the like Taiwanese rating board. Uh, yeah. On on, on Switch, uh, maybe even just on Tuesday. Um, yeah. So uh yep uh confirmed it is coming. It's coming soon, March 24th, it'll be available on Switch. Can I say one thing
1: that I was grateful for in this trailer and this is so specific is that there was a part where they were like and all of the trademark Borderlands humor and I was so worried that they were going to do a q- quick cutaway to some sort of like gag because only and the reason I was worried
0: is because those are always painfully unfunny. Yes. yes. Yeah, well cuz they'll just I mean Whatever you want to say about the style of Borderlands humor, I think there's, uh, you know, e- uh, easy slash obvious criticism there. But anytime you say, and the trademark humor, and then, like, show an isolated two seconds. Howdy, partner! Ex- yeah, like, nope! Um, But so, yeah, they they did not do that here. Um, next, we moved on to uh, Capcom Arcade Stadium, which is another one that we've talked about uh, in uh, previous episodes of the show. It launched uh, today, so yesterday now. Um, and you know, is uh, a, a collection of Capcom arcade games that you sort of buy um, like piecemeal or like in uh, in, in packs. Yes, yeah, so, you,
1: so you get 1943 the like shmup for free, and then you can also the, the way they're doing it is kind of to me weird. There's like three different game packs which come yeah. with um, like a collection of games, and then there you can also just buy Ghost and Goblins on its own, like that's not part of a pack, just its own thing.
0: <laughs> They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe I, I, or maybe they do. And they're like, people will want ghost and goblins and maybe some of these other ones, like nobody's going to know what they are.
0: Yeah. But that's why you bundle it with like a bunch of other games and charge like 50 <laughs> oh, yeah, cents more. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um, Up next was
1: Stubbs the zombie rebel without a pulse, which is a remaster of a 2005 Xbox game that is being brought to switch and uh, other platforms by Aspire uh, the company that we were also talking about on Tuesday with their Star Wars ports. Um, the game is coming out on March 16th, so a little less than a month from now. I have no context for this
0: game, so I don't really have anything to add to there. Yeah, me too. Do you think this falls under the same uh, sort of thing that we were talking about with the Star Wars games, uh, being re-released by Aspire, that like n- no one really knows who owns the right to distribute this thing anymore, and Aspire is like, we'll do it! <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. I would be really interested to figure out like what the business agreement with like the original developers are, and like how all of that licensing works out.
0: Yeah, it 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 feels very weird. And Stubbs the Zombie is a game that I know only by name. Um, because uh, you got to hand it to him, Stubbs the Zombie. Great, great game name. It's pretty good. Can't impeach that. Yeah, for sure. Next up was No More Heroes 3. Mark, how long have we been hearing about No More Heroes 3? It feels like forever. <laughs>
1: it does feel like forever. But I, okay, so I've played, I played the first No More Heroes game, had my fill, Um, didn't play the second game. But I actually think that like the twist to the premise, because the premise of all the games previously have been like, okay, you're like an assassin named Travis Touchdown. But you're trying to like, make your way up the assassin ranks and you do that by taking on assassins that are ranked higher than you. And so the twist of this game is that like you're uh instead of taking on assassins, you're taking on aliens who yes. are like threatening the earth, but you still have to like um there are still aliens in this like chain of command above you who that you are like taking them on one by one. And this game looks insane. It's not enough to like get me to play it because I I, I don't know that it's insane in a way that, like, I will enjoy, but I really enjoyed the, like, twist on the formula
0: with introducing aliens to the whole thing. I, I gotta say, the, just the number of, like, different UI and, like, menus and, like, just on-screen graphics that are in display uh, in, in this short trailer um, is astounding, right? Like, <laughs> th- this game seems like it is, uh, like, hyper-referential to all video games all the time um and they, they, they make a point to say that like you need to earn money doing odd jobs uh to like pay for your entrance fees into these like fighting competitions um and they show them like mowing a lawn and it's like what is that well is that part of this game well, that, is you mow a lawn yeah
1: and and that's kind, that's kind of been like part of uh that's a staple of the franchise because the first game on wii was like an open world game but it was like you know yeah. a kind of like small janky open world and that's the appeal of this game. But it also meant that, like, yeah, you are doing stuff like that. Just, like, really, like, menial tasks in order to earn the currency. Because, like, there's not much else for you to do in the world. It Looks look super strange. <laughs> Comes out on August 27th. because And this was one of the games that, like, originally was announced to come out in 2020. But was pushed because of COVID. And so right. now has a new release date uh, at the end of summer. Um, up next was a game that looks like at the same time really, really cool and also just like kind of baffling. It's called Neon White, and it is a card based first person action game where you are hunting demons in heaven um and it's from Ben Esposito, who's also the creator of Donut County, and uh it. The part of it, like when it was like card based combat, I was like, "I'm not really interested in that, but then when you saw or like from the trailer, what it looks like is like it's almost like a puzzle game where there are cards placed yeah. in different areas of the room, and so you have to like choose your and plan your movements based on like, okay, how am I going going to get that card and then use what I
0: have to like get to the next place and that seems kind of cool I mean it seemed really like. Fluid and slick uh, in execution. That like, um, I got I, I, I'm dying to know like what the actual gameplay is like, like what that experience is, because it looks as though you are um selecting cards that like give you different traversal and attack abilities um for like you know a, a single instance um and like using that to just like catapult yourself around a room and like take out demons. I, like it seems pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. It also, uh, it was funny to me, it was announced to release in winter
0: 2021. What does that mean, Mark? What does that mean? <laughs> I, I think We're there it, now! I it's think winter it means, 2021 now!
1: I, I know, I, th- I think the intention is that it's going to be, like, in the two weeks at the end of the year, like, uh, between December 21st,
0: 2021, and, like, New Year's Day. I mean there's there's no there's no way to know what they intended. Um there there was another instance of something sort of like this later um where they showed a date on screen and said summer 2021 um at the same time. So like I think some of these release dates are coming in hot and or sloppy. Um so uh maybe this I mean winter 2021 means literally nothing right now. Like, it could either no, be no, out. No, no, I, I th- I think Do You it's think inti- it means December?
1: I think it's intended to say, like, the end of the year. Like, not okay. fall. Like, the end, end of 2021. I'm just saying most of winter happens at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I know. So, you're saying that they're not telling us anything. I'm saying they're telling us something very specific. They're talking about two weeks <laughs> at the end of the year.
0: Well, when this game ends up coming out at the beginning of March, we'll have, to <laughs> have a conversation about it. Next up is, uh, DC superhero girls, teen power, which, uh, Mark, there, th- there was a lot to take in here, uh, real quick. Um, this is a DC superhero game, uh, starring all of the women of the DC universe, but as kids, um, it's like a, seems like it's kind of a, a brawler style game mixed with kind of like persona style, go into school, um, and like buying outfits and uh cool stuff like that uh published by nintendo yeah that's the part that i thought was
1: really interesting Mm because it's because it's not just a licensed game for like dc it is a licensed game very specifically for this like franchise this dc superhero girls which is a cart or at least like part of it is a cartoon on cartoon network i believe um that I, think, I believe
0: that there's also a a comic line too that's oh, okay, specific yeah. uh, I feel th- like in that I, universe.
1: I think the series was created by the person who created like the My Little Pony reboot, but I could be wrong there. Um but yeah, so I I was I I was surprised to see that Nintendo was the publisher and not somebody like Warner Brothers. Um but yeah, this was one of the games where it was like, oh, like this is not targeted towards me. But, like, it's really cool that it's getting this placement in the direct.
0: Yeah, uh, agreed. It's also, I, I appreciate Nintendo, like, making the, the deals that they are with um, uh, Warner Brothers uh, I- Interactive and, like, those studios. Because they're obviously missing out on some of, like, the higher profile, um, you know, any of the, like, shadow of, um, like, the, those Middle Earth games. Like, those are never coming to Switch. Um, and, like, the, the Batman games, like, they're not going to end up coming to Switch. So it's cool that they are, you know, finding uh, avenues into this IP anyway.
1: And it's nice to see Nintendo not choosing a side in the Marvel or DC Wars. They're like, yeah, we had Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but now we also have a DC game. Everybody should just be holding hands or it's all good.
0: Comes out June 4th.
1: Up next is Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, um, like Complete Edition or something like that. It comes out on March 19th. So, another one that's coming very soon. Uh, They specifically call out that you can play to unlock everything. So, maybe implying that there's no microtransactions. Like, you just um, uh, buy the thing and then that's it. You have access to it. Uh, Another EA entry. And there are like a couple more on this list or like in this presentation. But, um, like, you know, EA not necessarily bringing its like uh but battlefield to switch but we are seeing more and more entries after
0: literally years of nothing from ea um i i really do appreciate the uh the implied no microtransactions um just because i i think that is a uh something that can like a criticism that can be levied against plants versus zombies just as a franchise um and that you know they're largely like mobile or I, ipad um games so you know, it's just kind of nice to have that, like, confirmation, like, no, this is actually one that you can, like, sit down with kids and they can play, you know, as, as much of it as they want and not run the risk of spending hundreds of dollars on uh, skins or whatever. Next up, uh, maybe the weirdest announcement of, of the whole hour, Metopia, the 3DS me based RPG, is coming to the Switch. The uh, second appearance of the Me's here, Mark. Yeah, and
1: one that uh, I, I I think it's interesting that they're bringing Miitopia, like the original 3DS game, over to Switch and not creating a new one. Uh, I only played the demo for Metopia; I never played the yeah. full game. But one of the things that's missing from Switch that was like m- much easier to access on the Nintendo 3DS was like uh, Miis from your friends or from people from Street Pass. Like, I... It feels like a kind of like ungainly marriage with Switch where, yes, like Mii's exist on the system, but I think you can only really create, you know, like one specific to games or you can create one for your avatar. But there's not just like a place where Mii's live. And Miitopia, like the kind of joy of that game on 3DS or at least in the demo was like seeing all the Mii's that you had picked up from Street Pass and from your friends like pre-populated in the world. And seeming, like, having to generate those from scratch, like, purely to put into Miitopia seems less than ideal to me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I back that 100%. Like, they, there was such a reason to create your Miis in the first place on uh, on, on the Wii, um, and then those would carry over to your Wii U and 3DS, um, and then, like, it's just sort of like a hard reset, and the Miis are really... I. Feel like the Mies are part of Switch as like they're grandfathered in, right? Like they were too popular to uh, ignore it completely, but like they have not done anything to like keep that ecosystem going on the new platform. And so now that they're like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you better have a bunch of Mies, uh, but like you don't, you just have yours. (laughs) Right. So, uh,
1: and hopefully, like in the game, they address that. And so, like, you know, because the Mi Topia on 3DS it comes pre populated with a bunch of like randomly generated Mies if you right. don't have any on your system. But like the fun of the game was seeing your friends or like the celebrity looks look likes that you had created, um, just like show up in the game as characters. And so, how they'll recapture that, I've I've hope they've put some thought into it, um, but. Anyways, the other part of this that's interesting to me is just the fact that like I think this is really the first 3DS to Switch port yes. that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting door to open just because, you know, there's a lot of 3DS games that I would love to There's a to lot of stuff behind that door. <laughs> see on Switch.
0: Um but then, and then, this then ga- I feel like from from 3DS games, it is a short walk to DS games. <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to get to Zelda game re-releases here uh, later right. in the episode, but like let's get Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks on the Switch. Like, let's do it. Let's yeah. roll them on out. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. The other thing
1: I think is interesting about Metopia is just, like, the price point that they've chosen for it. So it's 50 bucks here in the U.S., which is Too much. 10, $10 less than a, you know, like, a new full-price Switch game, but $20 more than it was on 3DS. Um, Like, it, yeah, it's just an interesting, like, not even middle ground, but just, like, placement there. Uh, yeah. I, my memory is that the Sushi Strikers, when that game was released simultaneously on 3DS and Switch, that that was also the price point for Sushi Strikers. But I, I can't remember 100%. Yeah,
0: I think the, the price point for Sushi Strikers on 3DS was the full 40.
1: Sorry. I could I be meant, wrong.
0: Sorry. I, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the the, the disparity saying. is a little different. Yeah, yeah. They're like yeah. the sort of base price point for a 3DS games is is forty dollars, and I believe that's what Sushi Strikers launched as on 3DS. But for fifty on um on on the Switch, uh, this is a, a a pointless line of inquiry as no one remembers <laughs> that game. <laughs> uh, but th- this comes out on May twenty first. Up next is Animal Crossing.
1: New Horizons is getting some Super Mario Brothers items. Uh you can get Mario, Luigi, Wario, Princess costumes, probably some other ones. Uh there'll be items available for placement on your item or your island, like blocks, question blocks, uh flagpoles, etc. Probably the big one is warp pipes, where you can place so cool. two of them and then use them to get from one location to the other on your island, um, seemingly almost immediately. Uh what a great feature
0: <laughs> and yeah
1: like and i wonder if you'll be able to place multiple like around so like you could um or if you'll be limited to just the one
0: yeah I, I i imagine you'll be limited to just the one set um when i was telling sarah about this she said do do your animal neighbor can your animal neighbors use the warp pipe too and i was like i don't know <laughs> the only but person i hope so, in the world asking so if they can use it
1: that would be so much that would be so cute if they do for some reason, yeah. I f- find the idea of like some of your like some of those adorable neighbors like going down the Mario pipes to just be absolutely oh like it's too much to handle.
0: They'd be so timid about it, and they'd like look <laughs> down and then they'd crawl in. Um. Anyway, that that's fun. I, you know we'll check it out. Um. It uh, you can download the update on February twenty fifth, and the items are available on March first. I really look forward to uh figuring out what like the the limits are on on all these things, you know, like how many warp pipes we can put out, what the rest of the items are, what the rest of the costumes are. Uh seems really, really cool. Then, Mark, I would say uh, you know, announcement of the show for me is this next one, Project Triangle Strategy, which is the working title so far uh for a new game from Square Enix that looks a little bit like Octopath Traveler and Fire Emblem had a baby, and they named it New Final Fantasy Tactics, right? Does that seem right to you? Yeah, they introduced,
1: oh, man, I'm, I'm blanking on it right now, but they introduced it as, like, the next entry in, like, the 3D. In the 2D 3D. Yeah, that's right, the 2D yeah. 3D, like, series. And so it does borrow, like, the aesthetic of Octopath Traveler, um and yeah I'm I was also like really excited for this. One of the, one thing that struck me about it is, you know, obviously we have Bravely Default 2 coming out in just yep. a couple of weeks or like a week. Um but after the success of Octopath Traveler, the development or the team at Square Enix behind Octopath Traveler is also the team that was behind the Bravely Default series and they were talking about how they were um but like building out their team so that way they could almost be like releasing these types of games once a year and we very quickly saw that become a thing because you know you have bravely default two and then next year we're going to have this uh project triangle strategy which i would love Uh, i made a note here that um you know when octopath traveler was announced it was called project octopath traveler and they were like that's just the working title and then, of course, when the game was actually re- released, it was called Just Octopath Traveler. So I think it would be hilarious if the game really just ends up being called Triangle Strategy.
0: Triangle Strategy is a really, a <laughs> really poor name. Like it's really bad. I do, I do like that. Like, uh, you know, in in the early parts of this trailer, they're showing like the three different uh, like ways that you can approach things. Um, and you know, I- instead of building like a uh, sort of like binary morality system. It's sort of like a a tertiary three, a three-way morality where like what is driving your decisions that you make in the game. It can be based on like these three different uh, like dynamics um, and that depending on what you develop with the choices you make um, that can affect like who you're able to recruit later or what your goals end up being in the game Um, has a very uh, like Fire Emblem Three Houses feel to it. Right, like just showing the different characters and like the color sort of behind them, um, and that coupled with the strategy gameplay, like I was definitely getting uh, hints of uh, Fire Emblem there. So yeah, I mean this, I'm I'm all in on this. It seems really good. There's voice acting for all of like the the character lines, and the voice acting seemed solid. Like normally when I hear uh, RPG characters, especially JRPG characters, in a trailer speaking. I'm like next, next thing. I want to. I want not to hear this. I want to hear whatever the next thing is. Uh, but this like solid line reads and like interesting voices. I don't know. It felt good. Am I crazy, Mark? No, I thought
1: that. I yeah, I thought the voice acting was. I, I didn't really notice the voice acting, and I feel like that's a huge compliment. for a good for time. A project yeah. <laughs> like this. Um, I also I the thing that excites me about this is that it's not just like it's not a sequel talk to Bath Traveler. And it's not like in the vein of Octopath Traveler. It's not a turn-based RPG with like a unique yes. battle system. It's like using that same aesthetic style and the same kind of like uh uh like feeling to on a completely different genre. So you, it's like a tactical RPG, and that's that's really cool to me. I'm excited to see like the. I mean, who knows
0: what could possibly be next? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and. I don't know why they don't just call this Final Fantasy Tactics something. Um, Just, like, I don't know why they didn't just call the uh, Octopath Traveler a a saga game, because it is, basically. Um, But, you know, there you go. Square Enix names things weird. I actually think
1: it's, for me, I I like that it's not part of Final Fantasy. Um, Look, I I apologize. We almost got through an entire, well, we weren't anyways. We were going to talk about Star Wars next. So it was going to come up anyways. But, like, one thing, you know, like... uh, I always want from Star Wars is like, let's get away from the Skywalkers, right? Like let's tell stories in the Star Wars universe that don't include Yoda. They don't include like Luke. Like we can just tell they're, the universe is vast. And I feel that way about like RPG or like about Square Enix where it's like, yeah, like I think it's great that there is something like outside of uh, of Final Fantasy. And you know, like there's this group that's able to do like their own thing and that own thing is cool and it's developing its like own
0: universe and its own vocabulary. I think that's really fun. Uh, So that is going to come out sometime in 2022. There is a demo available evidently right now Um, and just as they did with Octopath Traveler and with Bravely Default 2. um, After you play through the demo, you'll get like a survey to leave some feedback. It's an interesting thing that they uh, are keeping up um, and seemingly only Square Enix is doing it and only Square Enix is doing it for their Nintendo Switch exclusives.
1: Is, is that weird <laughs> we saw we saw uh demon x machina i think they did oh, a yeah. similar thing after their demo but no That's it right. is interesting because i do feel like it's specific i can't think of a scenario outside of like these nintendo exclusives yeah. where um they have been doing it and clearly you know like uh <laughs> when i did the fir- so when i played uh octopath traveler and then like i got the survey like I had like the most unhelpful like I was basically like it was great I loved it I loved it and then um then I saw like the feedback that other people were giving and I was like oh yeah that is good critical feedback <laughs> so this time I'm determined to actually give like constructive like helpful feedback
0: yeah Mark come on get on the team Go on the team <laughs> let's move on to Star Wars Hunters we,
1: not okay so it's like a thirty second trailer for Star Wars Hunters um which uh, like. You're looking at this graffiti, and I was like, "Ooh, I think this is Star Wars." And then we're seeing these like holograms of like
0: uh, people in the Star Wars universe or new a characters: a stormtrooper, in the Star Wars. a Mandalorian, mm-hmm. a Wookiee. I forget what the first one was, but those, those, were the, those were the second, third, and fourth. <laughs> and then that's basically all we got, other than like there was a new game.
1: It's called Star Wars Hunters, and it's developed by Zenga. Um, but there was an article on StarWars.com that talked like a little bit more about it. And so what we know is that it's a competitive free-to-play third-person shooter that is focused on team-based multiplayer battles that comes out this year. Um, It'll be on Switch and also on mobile platforms. And the StarWars.com article specifically mentions that it doesn't require a Nintendo Switch Online membership to play, which I think is interesting because I don't I don't know how that works. Like I assumed that all multiplayer, like online multiplayer games, required a Nintendo Switch Online subscription? I think,
0: I think there are a couple that don't. Like, I think Fortnite falls into that category. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and maybe, like, Rocket League. Like, there, there are a couple games that get around it somehow. Um, maybe it really is those, like, free, like, Battle Royale, because, like, Paladins might also yeah. be in, like, that yeah.
1: same boat. So, yeah, that that's, that's... You're right, that's probably what it is.
0: Um, yeah, so the, the fact that it's developed by Zynga and is a free-to-play game makes me uh, immediately less excited. Um, but I mean, I also just know that that is uh you know uh, on the lead of Fortnite, just sort of a uh a viable business plan. um it just makes me less excited about it. I wanna pay a price for a game and play it and not be bugged about paying more for it. The
1: vibe I get from this, and mostly like based on the um star wars dot com article is like that it's not aimed at kids, but it's like kind of yeah. aimed at kids like a little bit. Um but the, the article specifically calls out like the unique like art style which I don't know that we got to we didn't really see anything of the game but the presentation seems to be like uh they're considering it like a new perspective on Star Wars so I'm interested oh, to see what that means yeah
0: Um next up we got Knockout City um with one of the weirder trailers uh I think um because they were showing all of these different like video game protagonists being interviewed um and then them playing this video game uh and i don't mark do you have any concept as to like whether those characters are part of this game or just like a weird ad technique
1: yeah i i couldn't tell if they were part of this game which i think they are but what i couldn't would i wasn't also wasn't sure on is like are these like the orc and stuff like are these existing characters from like Games that i'm not familiar with from like that are being represented here are they just like archetypes where it's like i think there are okay got it yeah got it because
0: there's also like the princess in there too like that's not a specific princess, i don't think
1: so this is a this is like a a battle royale except instead of like team-based battle royale but instead of uh or i guess maybe it's not a battle royale maybe it's more like splatoon where it's like team-based combat but instead of trying to like shoot each other you're playing like dodgeball in these urban
0: environments. Smart. I mean, it's, it's smart. That sounds like a fun concept. That sounds like more fun than Star Wars Hunters. And I, and I like Star Wars. And I have no idea what that game is. Um, but like, yeah, dodgeball running around a city. Sounds fun. Sounds cool. Comes out May 21st.
1: Yeah, and it's developed by Valen Studios, which is the studio behind Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which was like the augmented reality uh, Mario Kart game. I, yeah, I thought this looked cool. Like, this could be fun to play, but I'm hopeful that, like, it has a good, um, fun, supportive online community. So I feel like that would make yeah. or break it.
0: Oh, yeah. Could you imagine, like, getting on a team and ha- hating it? That would be the worst. <laughs> I guess it's not unlike Splatoon. You just you play the match, and then you jump on another team. Uh, next up is World's End Club. Um, I guess this was uh, uh, originally a, uh, a mobile game. Um, it is a, a game that combines side-scrolling action and narrative gameplay. Um, about 12 kids that visit an underwater theme park, and then when they return from the underwater theme park, the world has changed in some way, and they have to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I didn't entirely understand. It was like they were in the underwater
1: theme park for some sort of, like, game And was the game like? And then the game
0: is canceled. Yeah, yeah. But the game was like a
1: like battle royale or something. That part was not clear. Um, but it's it's from the studio co-founded by the creator of the cult series uh, Danganronpa, which is like uh kind like similar or maybe in the similar vein where it's like um kids in high school, but there's like a murder mystery aspect to it and some supernatural stuff, and so it's like a uh like an adventure game cross with like uh point and click event like dating sim like that kind of stuff
0: yeah with like elements of uh like hunger games or like battle royale Mm -hmm. to like uh the the uh narrative of it um anyway this comes out may 28th uh looks interesting i don't know that i um i i know this is a game that already existed i don't uh have any knowledge of it or even any like impressions of like whether um people liked it or not
1: yeah i think it's well regarded like i think it's uh pretty highly rated but other than that like i don't know anything about it either um up next was just a real quick mention that hades the uh indie game that was released last year is getting a physical release and kind of like a cool one it comes with a nice art book yeah um a download code for the soundtrack and it's releasing in a little over a month on
0: March 19th. Um, which is all really cool. Um, <laughs> sorry, someone just rolled by my window with a, uh, a, a an amp on wheels and it made a lot of noise. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if I didn't already uh, have this game, I'd probably pick it up physically too. Um, Hades is amazing. Uh, everyone owes it to themselves to uh, play it in some form or another. If you want it physically, uh, you can. Next up is a Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, which includes uh, Sigma, Sigma 2, and uh, I just wrote 3. It's Ninja Gaiden 3, and then it has like a subtitle. It's not a Sigma Razor's game. Razor's Edge, I think it is. Razor's Edge. Um, I don't really know anything about these games. Are the Sigma games different from the um, uh, Ninja Gaiden like, uh, reboot games that came out uh, like a, a decade ago? Or are those so that? They-
1: They are, they're basically a remixed version. So basically, so like the original, those Ninja Gaiden games came out and then they got like remixed. And so it's um, like different enemy placements, different difficulty level, like all that kind of stuff. And there are people who swear by the Sigma version and there are people who swear by the originals. And uh, I haven't played any of them because the first game came out on the original Xbox, I believe. That's right. And it, it was one of those games where like, uh, at the time, it was so marketed on the fact that, like, look how bloody it is when you cut somebody's head off, and it was just like the gore is the thing, and right. so it it just like wasn't appealing to me at all. Um, although I did pick up the uh, the DS game when that came out, the
0: one you played like sideways. Yeah, you played sideways, and it was all like with the uh, the touch uh, screen and, and the mm-hmm. stylus. Um. Anyway, it includes all DLC game modes and costumes and all of that. Uh, This is the one where it said on screen June 10th, but the voiceover said summer 2021. So, you know, things coming in hot here. (laughs) Uh, Up next was Hyrule Warriors Age of
1: Calamity is getting a expansion pass. Um, This this part of the presentation was funny to me only because like they showed a, I hesitate to call it a trailer. They showed it like images from the game, but with a gradient filter on it. And then yeah, it was um, weird. At the very end, they showed like, this wall of text for like a brief, brief second, uh, that I don't know how anybody could absorb it. But basically, um, it's an expansion pass for 20 bucks. It's going to have two waves of content. The first wave will come out in June, and it's going to include new characters for the roster, new enemy types, new weapon types and new challenges in the royal ancient lab. And then in November, you'll get wave two, uh, and that includes new character vignettes, new stages, even more new characters for the roster, and new battle skills for existing characters. Um, You can't buy the wave separately. You just have to buy the whole $20 expansion pass. There's also a bonus or purchase bonus, uh, which I think you can pre-order the expansion pass now, but the purchase bonus becomes available starting May
0: 28th, and it's a new costume and a new weapon for Link. And this is pretty consistent with um, the DLC for, like, the original Hyrule Warriors um, and for the uh, Fire Emblem Warriors as well. Like, um, this, this model of 20 bucks for an expansion pass with uh, a bunch of new characters um, and then new story stuff for the existing characters later um, is just sort of the, the order of the day for these things. Um, so it is, uh, it, it's coming to Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity as well. Um, and then we sort of, like, uh, uh, hit hit a, hit a couple, like, really surface-level things here. Bravely Default 2, there's a trailer, or a final trailer, which is available now. The game comes out end of next week. Um, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection was showed off for a second. That's coming out February 25th. Saga Frontier Remastered, which we mentioned before and have mentioned on previous episodes, coming out April 15th. And Apex Legends coming out on March 9th. Um, Apex Legends we knew about. Um, I don't remember why um but uh we knew that it was coming to to switch um and uh it was just kind of nice to get like confirmation and, and a date uh on when we would see that and you know that uh knowing that crossplay is going to be available from day 1 on that uh is big for the uh Apex uh fan base so that's all good and then
1: next Takahashi throws to uh Zelda series producer Now Na- Aonuma and uh I, at the moment, I I was like, "Are we going to get something from Breath, of, like the sequel to Breath of the Wild?" And Alnuma immediately—it's like, a
0: real—it's a real hold your breath moment, right? <laughs> it's real, like.
1: <gasps> and Aonuma's like, he they are, they are anticipating what everybody is going through. And He's like, right. I understand that you guys were hoping to hear something about the sequel to Breath of the Wild. I don't have anything for you today, but we will be showing you something later this year, but. Until that well, comes out. and he out. also Here. he
0: also said that development is continuing smoothly. Yes, which is important because you know the the last time someone sort of like stepped out in front of a, a black background and just like straight down the barrel of the camera and was like, you know, that game you're looking forward to. They ended the sentence with Metroid Prime Four, right? Uh, and and the, you know that got rebooted and restarted. They weren't happy with where it was, um, so. We got know it. We we the all signs point to Breath of the Wild Two is on track and looking good, and we will find out more about it later in the year. But to tide us
1: over, uh, he wanted to Aonuma wanted to introduce a new uh, Legend of Zelda game for us to play on Switch, and that of course is Skyward Sword HD, um, coming ten years after it was originally released on the Nintendo Wii. Um, this is wild. It's wild for a number of reasons. One of which is that, uh, Aonuma kind of like teased this three years ago at one of the Zelda concerts and (laughs) nobody was like, is this a real thing? And yes, it turned out to be a real thing.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, 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 it's crazy to me that this game came out 10 years ago. Um, that's, uh you know it, it was a game that i uh, missed um just because I wasn't super plugged into um the the switch or the the wii at the end of its life cycle um and you know it was a little bit turned off by the uh, motion controls of it slash I never had a wii motion plus um so uh, you know it's just not a game that I ever really played. I got my hands on it um at some point, maybe even downloaded the the Wii version on the Wii u and tried to play it uh, a little bit there but sort of lost interest uh, in it. It is, uh, It is, they're presenting it here, obviously, in in HD, but the, I think, main selling point here is that they are offering two different ways to control it, um, one with motion controls using two Joy-Cons to emulate the Wii Motion Plus um, and uh, nunchuck controls of the original, and then also a way to play it in handheld mode or with a pro controller where you control the sword with the right control stick
1: and i maybe the answer is super obvious but how do you control the camera if that's the case
0: so this is what i was thinking i first of all i don't remember how the camera controlled in the original but yeah i mean because there must have been i bet it is mostly like a z targeting thing right i bet you're right uh, i bet you're right yeah that's probably what you do um because yeah i mean normally we're used to uh, control your character with the left stick and the camera with the right. Um, but Zelda, especially older Zelda, has always been a little like, you know, it doesn't totally uh, apply the exact same way.
1: Yeah, I, b- I bet you're right. They also showed off like new Joy-Con that are like themed for Skyward Sword, um, one that's themed after Link's Shield, and one that's themed after the Master Sword. And I think I came down on the side of these looking really cool,
0: but initially I couldn't. I couldn't decide. <laughs> I think they're hot. I think they're good. I think th- I think they look good. Um it's I, I will I will always be conceptually bummed out by the idea that Link's sword is in his uh right hand. Or wait. How do they have it? Do they have it so that you're which one is they they switch his handedness, right? For for the motion control
1: games? He was traditionally left-handed, but then he became right-handed right.
0: in uh, tw- Twilight Princess. Um, and then is he right-handed again in this, or is he left-handed That's my assumption, in...
1: but I, I, I don't know.
0: I, I was in the um, same
1: exact boat you were, where like, I didn't own a Wii Motion Plus. I wasn't really plugged into the Wii yeah. at the end of its life. I didn't play uh, Skyward Sword. I know that it has like, not the best reputation. At the time, it reviewed really well. But I think people have soured on it over the years. But I'm excited to give it a chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I my recollection of the narrative at the time was um, that the game justifies, uh, like, motion controls and justifies, like, precise motion controls. Which it may well do, but that is just so not what video gaming at large is. Um, that, like, it may succeed very well on its own terms. But... Those terms are, you know, it's like, it's like Half-Life Alex, right? Where it's like, this is a great VR game, but people still have whatever resistance they have to playing games in VR. Um, like, I think it's the same thing, which is how it can both be like a good game, but a, a game that like people aren't excited to revisit or give a chance to in the first place.
1: I also think it's interesting that Aonuma, like it kind of like explains the, not the narrative of the game, but the narrative of its place in Zelda history. Where like one he specifically calls out like hey this game takes place the earliest in the Legend of Zelda timeline but in addition to that like hey if you if you are into Zelda because of Breath of the Wild this is what Zelda games were like before Breath of the Wild and I think it's a really good thing to clarify because the experience of like the older style Zelda games is very different from Breath of the Wild and so yeah it'll just be interesting if uh, people who came who got into Zelda because of Breath
0: of the Wild, like the reaction to Skyward Sword. You know, I don't remember any warning like that on Link's Awakening. <laughs> I think that that's a great point.
1: I feel like the presentation was different enough that yeah. um like there would be no That's a great point. That is conflating a conflating the two. But I <laughs> yeah. but what I also like this one comes out on July sixteenth. So um not that long of a wait, but I wonder if the door is still open to Seen uh the other hd remasters that showed up on wii u um twilight princess and wind waker uh this year as well because it is the 35th anniversary of zelda and you know they haven't specifically called out that they're doing anything for it but i would just kind of be shocked if, if even if they don't come this year that we don't see those hd remasters like
0: why would you leave them on wii u yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's it, it is a shame that they are, are are trapped on the Wii U as someone who owns a Wii U and both of those uh HD remasters, I'm, you know, kind of content to just have have them there. I wouldn't play them again if they came out on Switch. Um I don't think. Um but yeah, like, you know, I, I would say that they they'll probably roll them out at some point in the future. Um but it might it might just be a while. It also feels like for for whatever reason, um, when we
1: got three 3D Mario games in one package, that felt like a joy. Getting three, like, full-length Zelda games would kind of feel like, I mean, w- for 60 bucks, w- great. But, like, it, right. it f- would feel like a burden to play. Like, I don't think I would want to play one after the other. Like, I wanted to play Mario 64 and then go right into Sunshine.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's a, a good thing worth pointing out is that this will be a $60 package for the one game. Uh, which is a lot to ask for a, a, a 10-year-old Wii game. Um, but but that, I'm assuming you know. it's an HD
1: remake in the same vein that, like, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker were. That it's mm-hmm. not just, like, a remastered. Like, it's, like, a re-done like, game. And so I'll be interested to see, you know, like, both Twilight Princess and uh, Wind Waker made changes to the original game to, for, like, quality of life improvements. And so I'm sure we'll be getting
0: something similar with Skyward Sword. That's true, and, and not just, like, quality of life improvements in the way of, like, this menu works better, but, like, taking some of the more fiddly quests where you have to, like, find 30 things and cut it down to, like, find six things, you know? Um, like, they, they really took a, a look at, like, what's annoying about the games and, and changed it. Um, so, like, if they're able to do that to Skyward Sword as well, that's great. And then we close on Splatoon! three um uh which is a uh, a total surprise um it is this is a, a weird trailer right because it it starts with like just a a view of an apocalyptic sort of like wasteland right and you sort of pan over slowly to what is very obviously an an inkling like taking shelter from the harsh sun in the shade of some wreckage um and it just goes through the customization process of like selecting your Splatoon character. Um, And I think it's interesting. There's no gender option. They just like all the hairstyles and whatever. I think that's an interesting little change that they're making there. Um, And then you customize your little buddy um, who is like some kind of weird slug thing. Uh, And then, and like, that's after that we see like the, the character sort of like walking through this wasteland and there's like the overturned Eiffel tower. Um, So, suggesting that we are no longer in Inkopolis, uh, you know, a a future post apocalyptic um, Akihabara or whatever. Um, We are maybe in Paris or somewhere else. Um, The setting has changed. Well, I guess it could be Tokyo Tower, technically. Oh, could it? Yes, I suppose it could be.
1: But I thought for sure that this was a spin off game, just because, like, you have that character customization at the beginning and, like, the long, like, far away shot of the character of like the inkling like making their way across the apocalyptic desert. It felt very like, ooh, this is another game in the Splatoon universe. But um, do you think that what we're seeing are the consequences of the final Splatfest in Splatoon 2, which of course was between chaos and order and chaos
0: ended up ended up winning? I think that is entirely possible. I mean, the the setup for Splatoon 2 is the result of the final Splatfest in Splatoon 1. So that, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, I, I do hope, like, I, and this is sort of always my hope with Splatoon, is that they, like, build out the single-player uh, campaign um, a little bit more. I love single-player Splatoon. I also love uh, multiplayer, but, like, there's something special about, like, you know, not having to worry about disappointing your friends <laughs> when, when you're playing Splatoon. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they showed off the, uh, you know, sort of, uh, normal four on four, uh, turf war matches. Um, and that's really it as far as gameplay is concerned. Um, I saw the, uh, the Splatoon Twitter account, like going in and like breaking down every single, uh, weapon and move and special weapon, uh, and just like variables in the terrain. So there's a lot of information, uh, out there that you can divine from this, you know, minute and a half of gameplay. Uh and this'll be coming out in twenty twenty two. Uh and I'm looking forward to finding out more about it. But like, I don't know, twenty twenty two seems like a long time from now.
1: I, I'm i so excited for this. I was shocked. Like I yeah. did not I did not expect for us to see a Splatoon three so soon. I mean I guess it'll have been five years since the first game. So or from the second game. So not not like that soon, but I wasn't expecting to get another one. On switch the thing that struck me about splatoon 3 um is or like the little trailer that they showed and even the gameplay for the uh the little bit that we saw everything felt grander like it felt bigger and so i'm excited to see whereas like splatoon 2 i felt very much just like an uh a retake on splatoon 1 as far as scope goes uh splatoon 3 at least so far seems like something much more like ambitious
0: and i'm excited yeah, well, to see
1: and, how that plays out
0: yeah and that that's uh, super well observed uh, and you know something that we've said before um is that like splatoon 2 always sort of felt like a port of splatoon with just like more in it um with sort of a splatoon 1.5 um and so maybe maybe that's how they saw it too of like let's just get this game over to the new hardware um and then splatoon 3 is there a chance to actually like make a sequel to Splatoon?
1: Do you know what I'm really hoping is as we learn more about Splatoon 3 over the next year or so is that we return to the Squid Research Lab. Um, oh no. Where oh we get, no, Where we get like Nintendo developers like in lab coats and just acting real goofy. I love that stuff in the run up to Splatoon 2 and I'm so excited for that sort of thing. Hopefully it returns for uh splatoon 3 remember that dude making the number two with his body trying yeah i was trying to remember his name at like the the switch reveal in january 2017 yeah i was trying to remember who that was i'll have to look it up because yeah like that stuff was just so much fun and it's really i i fell in love with splatoon 2 i didn't really play splatoon 1 because i didn't own a wii u and so um man i'm 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 just excited to be
0: have more in that world yeah. And I mean, look, there is nothing quite like the first couple of weeks a Splatoon game is out, right? Like it's just a fun time to be playing those games and everyone sort of like exploring it together, getting really into like the minutia of like what weapons do and you know, the, the metagame around like the special items and stuff. Uh it's just great and good fun. Um yeah, if if Nintendo wants to put out a new Splatoon game every five years, i I'm there. Yeah, I'm excited for more Splatfest, like the
1: Super Mario Splatfest that happened just a few weeks ago in Splatoon 2 reminded me how much fun those Splatfests are. Um, man, yeah, th- this was
0: a killer way to go out for me. I-, I absolutely am so hyped for Splatoon 3. Do you think this ends up, like, splitting the... I, I know the uh, Splatoon 1, like, servers are, uh, have-, have now been taken down, so, like, everyone that's playing Splatoon is playing Splatoon 2. Um, do you think they run, like, the risk of splitting their sort of player base here? Or do you think this is in, like, a move to sort of, like, you know, migrate people from Splatoon 2 to Splatoon 3? I can't imagine that there would be, like, cross-play between them.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine either. And, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely a risk anytime you, like, release two of these online games in the same console generation. Um, I think Splatoon has a big enough following, and definitely in Japan, where, like, I think a lot of people will jump on a third game. But you're absolutely right. Like, what does that
0: do to the community of Splatoon Two? Like, it totally decimates it. Um. Well, all right, Mark. We've done it. We've gone all the way through this Nintendo Direct. It only took us at least as long as the Direct itself. Um. What? What do you? I, do? You have any uh in conclusion thoughts here? Anything that you're particularly excited about? Uh. Yeah. That's that's the question.
1: Yeah, I. It's anytime that there's a direct, right? Like. I'm so grateful for what we have, but the next question is immediately, like, what's next? What's next? uh, you know, Nintendo was very clear that, like, this is going to be about our games for the first half of the year. And they surprised us with some stuff for 2022. But, you know, there is, uh, we don't really know much from Nintendo past July of this year now when Skyward Sword comes out. And so, yeah, like, it it just totally uh, um, gets me excited to think about, like, what else might be out there. And now that we've got a like Nintendo Directs back in our life, I'm hungry for more. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, just give me more Nintendo Directs. I think it's also just exciting to get uh, like this much uh, information about first party stuff in the beginning half of the year, because I feel like, especially recently, that has not been Nintendo's mo. Um, with the exception of the year that they also launched uh the the Switch, they kind of wait till the uh you know the fall. Uh, and into uh, winter of the year, which Mark has, of course, described as the <laughs> last two weeks of the year, um, to, to release their their big games. So, like, it it is cool to uh, actually have some information about the first half of this year, especially after going so long without, like, yeah. having any info. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it seems really cool to me. Even the games I'm not excited about, I'm interested to see, Uh, you know, what they look like and how they perform.
1: For me, I think the Nintendo Direct threaded the needle really well, where it's like, um, yes, I feel like I have more information about what Nintendo is doing this year, and I have things to look forward to. But on the other hand, I still feel like I have no idea what Nintendo's
0: year looks like. And as a fan, yes. that's a really exciting like place to be. Also, for as much as people want information about Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4, and uh, Breath of the Wild 2, not getting information about those games means that they're still out there, right? Like, those games are coming. Uh, we don't need to know about them until they're ready to, uh, ready to pop at this point. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very exciting to me. Uh, I'm happy to learn a bunch about, like, some weird new games. Um, and, you know, I, there's a Project Triangle strategy in here. That's <laughs> the craziest thing I've ever heard, Mark. Uh, just, it just rolls right off the tongue. Right off the tongue. Um, all right, well, let's close this out. That's what we thought about the Nintendo Direct, but we would love to hear what you thought. What are you looking forward to here? Did you think this was a big garbage fire for 30- 50 minutes and you don't, you don't like Nintendo anymore? You can email us at Society at com. Um, that's gonna do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and, sp- and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter wherever you share stuff. It helps us tremendously when you do. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apitbetty.com or by listening. Right now. From my co host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.